Welcome to the 13th episode of Calling an Audible. I'm Greg Johnson along with my co-host Zach Greenberg. And today we're going to focus on some NBA news, the NFL, NHL, and MLB. And as we particularly focus on national, regional, and local sport news with our own twists and opinions, we'll definitely be talking more about some regional and local news today. But with that, we're going to go straight to the NBA. And D'Lo Russell has been in the news because he has been recently cited for marijuana possession at LaGuardia. The story behind that is he brought in a Arizona P- Arizona tea can, and in a secret compartment within that can, security and TSA agents found marijuana stashed. My whole thing is is what you you can't take liquids on a plane. When when you're going on a plane, they make you dump everything out, or if you have a water bottle, they make you chug it. So why why of all things to try and bring through security, you bring something that had liquid in it? It makes no sense to me. I feel like he would have been better off just throwing it in a bag, in a Ziploc, in his in his suitcase, and he would have been fine. But he probably had better chances putting it in like a little Ziploc bag, like you said, but putting a masking tape sticker on there and with Sharpie writing, not weed, on it. <laughs> writing oregano. Oregano. <laughs> Potpourri. <laughs> Special spices. Authentic East Indian spice. But yeah, <laughs> you know, it's... I don't understand what some people think. I can I don't know of anyone that's ever gotten illegal drugs past TSA. Oh, and the thing is, this guy is worth millions of dollars. He has any connection he wants wherever he goes. Why can't he just go pick up his drugs in whatever city he's flying to? Like why does he have to bring them with him? Like it's not that difficult. You're a professional basketball player. You can you can get the stuff when you want to get the stuff. You know, I guess that one was very important to him, and he needed it on the plane. Yeah, I guess he really. It, it was special oregano. I guess he wanted to join a different Mile High club, but you know, <laughs> that you can only understand people if you're them, and yeah, I don't know how this is gonna affect D'Angelo Russell going forward. I mean. Obviously, the NBA and the NFL are not on the same drug policy. Yeah, no, the NBA doesn't really... They, they're not yeah. as... Uh, they're not more as slap strict. on the wrist yeah. of anything. They're, they're not going to suspend you for whole years like they, the NFL did with Josh Gordon. But, yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's I guess time will tell. Yeah. And then news out of Boston is... And Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. But going first to the... Danny Ainge situation. He recently had a small heart attack, and let's put it this way: Boston's a little concerned about that one. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's he is getting up there in age, and it was on the road when they when while they were playing in Milwaukee. So it's. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, he's going to be okay, so that's good to hear. But uh, a little bit of a scary situation. I mean, he is for the most part the genius behind the Celtics rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. What he's done for that franchise after, well, pretty much a couple of years of nothing. Yeah, they were terrible for a couple of years. I mean, that was the last time Isaiah Thomas was good was when he was with them. So. Yeah. I mean, there's always that. But we're going to briefly overlook the, well, best wishes to Danny Ainge and speedy recovery, of course. But we're going to look at the NBA playoffs as they are now. Not too surprisingly, the Warriors are up on the Rockets 2 to nothing in the series. What is surprising, though, is the Raptors are down 1-2 to two to the 76ers. Yeah, it's, uh, Joel Embiid went crazy yesterday. He had 33 points in 20, 28 minutes, and uh, 
he was just I was watching the game last night uh, I was at Tavern United in Grand Forks and I was not very pleased while I was watching it but I, I think they'll be if they can win game four in Philadelphia I think that they, they've got a good chance of pulling it out in seven but Philadelphia is a very good team so the East is very competitive this year absolutely and the Nuggets and Trailblazers themselves are tied one to one as well as the Bucks and Celtics, who after the Celtics beat the Bucks handedly in Game One, the Bucks came back and did the same in return in Game Two. So I'm curious to see how Game Three is going to work out with the Bucks being at home. I think it'll be a lot closer game. And I take that back. Two. The Celtics are at home. I think. Yeah, the Celtics, Celtics are, are home. home. Yep. No, the Buck. Nope, Celtics are home. Yeah, I'm like for Game Three, for yeah. Game Three, Game yeah. Three and Four, the Celtics are home. Yeah. But you know, I I don't know. I think that's going to be uh, can Giannis beat Boston is really what it boils down to. Boston's a deeper team. They have more stars, obviously. They but absolutely do. But the thing that Bucks have is when Giannis isn't on the ball, they just have a bunch of perimeter shooters, really. Yeah, but he's just so good when he has the ball in his hands, and that's just it comes with everything, like from offense to defense. No matter no matter what he's doing on the court, like. He's a mismatch against anybody, so it's just unbelievable. You got six ten point guard, and you can't really but stop if, him. If I'm the Raptors, my team, obviously, I would definitely rather see. Even though Milwaukee's the higher seed, I definitely would rather see Milwaukee in the champ in the in the Eastern Conference Final if they can somehow pull out a victory against Philadelphia. So. But I mean, no matter who comes out of the East is going to lose to the Warriors anyway, so there's really no use talking about it. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I think the Warriors can be beat, but by who? Well, the Bucks could do it. No, you don't think so? No. Celtics have the best chance. No. The Celtics don't even have a chance. Nobody has a chance. Nobody. No. Even if Toronto made it all the way. No. No. Not a chance. I think whoever they play, they're going to win in six. And six. Six at the most. At the they most. Might, they might win in five. So you're saying the Warriors are going to lose at least one game in the finals? Yeah, probably. I could see them dropping one. Just They'll probably take a night off to, to relax and then Get be the like, NBA oh, let's just destroy up. them the next game. Yeah, we don't need to. They're not saying, that, oh, we need to sweep them. Because the bottom line is nobody's beating the Warriors four times in two weeks. Like, that's just too long of a period of time to beat a team that good. So... Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's just what I think about it. That's fair. It's the dynasty, the Patriots of basketball. Ooh, that's bold. But Will be. Will be. I could see that happening. They already got three, don't they? Three and five, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, I eventually they'll probably be in the same ballpark, but they're not considered the Bulls yet. No. No, definitely not. I don't know if they ever will be. That was six in a row. Exactly. But, but we're going to move on to the NFL. And, you know, there's some controversy with the Giants pick of Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. And it's almost a reoccurring theme that every year there's at least a couple NFL players that say, oh, this team gone done messed up and I have a chip on my shoulder and this and that. And I kind of see that every year in this year's Dwayne Haskins where he got picked underneath. I believe the Redskins picked him up a few picks after the Daniel Jones pick. But with that being said, do you have any reason why the Giants would have picked Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins when these stats 
showed that Dwayne Haskins was significantly better. My issue isn't with the Daniel Jones pick. My issue is with the timing of the pick. The Giants also had pick 30 in this year's draft when they traded with the uh, the Packers. But uh, they definitely could have got Daniel Jones at pick 30 because that... I think Daniel Daniel Jones is definitely a better scheme fit for Pat Shermer's offense. Pat Shermer's a West Coast offense type of coach, mm-hmm. and uh, Daniel Jones is a West Coast offense player, and uh, and that that's like focused on like high percentage passing stuff like that, and and that's what Daniel Jones is good at. So I think I think the scheme fit is good for the Giants, but I I think they could have waited or traded down to get him because he wasn't being picked at number six. He probably. Other than for the Giants, he wouldn't have been picked before Dwayne Haskins, I think. So that we know of. That we know of. Yeah, we we, we obviously we can't don't have say any that, insider but, information. Yeah, but but based on all the facts and based on what all the scouting reports said, like Dwayne Haskins was supposed to go first. But I can see why the Giants wanted Daniel Jones instead, and I think that the Giants are probably going to sit Daniel Jones for a couple years while. Eli, you think Eli's got his, a couple years left? I think Eli might have two or three years left. Yeah, yeah. I think, I don't know. I'm I I like Eli Manning. I've met him in person. He's a great guy. So that's probably why I like him so much. Fair but, enough. and he's he's had a great career in the past. The last couple years have been rocky, and he's 39, I think, or maybe even 40 now. No, he, he's, he's up there. Yeah. He, so he. I don't know. I think he they're gonna he's gonna want to play for a couple more years, just like his big brother did, and uh, and he'll go all like that. And maybe Daniel Jones will come in and be like Aaron Rodgers. That's very optimistic thinking. I'm sure the entire New York Giants fan base supports you in that. Yeah. Or if they're not, they're just scratching their head trying to figure out like, oh, great, another loony on the wagon. (laughs) But I don't know. Is there any other surprising picks in the draft you found or heard of? Other than that. No, I don't. I I don't really think anything else was very surprising. I was very happy with the Packers pick and uh, Rashawn Gary. That's a scary pick. Yeah, he's, I'm, I'm not a fan. He of is that. a complete monster, and he yeah. is just going to. That's basically Clay Matthews' uh, replacement. Yeah, he's gonna. He might make Clay in like in five or ten years. We might be looking at him like, wow, he like. What a smart pick. Did huh? what you know, and he he took Clay. He's gonna fill in for Clay Matthews quite nicely, like. Clay Matthews was old and my favorite, one of my favorite players ever, but it was his time to go, and now he's in L.A. where he's probably more needed in L.A., to be honest, because after the free agency we had, we, we just don't need him anymore. You know, there's so many people that just go to L.A. now. It's, yeah. it's really funny. But I'm really happy, though, to report that the Vikings drafted four offensive players in their first four picks. And then a long snapper in round seven, if I add. That one that one still baffles me to this day. But, you know, with that being said, it's just like, you know, the Vikings pick good players. They have a proven track record of quality draft picks that turn into something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I really had a low-key thought that they're definitely going to grab a cornerback within one of their first four picks, like they do every year, because I heard they're shopping Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes around, so... I love Trey Waynes. That's they're all great humans. Yeah, but you know, I I don't know. I'm really happy that they drafted uh, Garrett Bradbury with the 18th pick. That that one got a lot of reviews on the positive side. So I'm happy to see that. And you know, I think the Vikings made a bunch of good picks, especially 
with their second round pick. You know, I, I think that was a good one too. But Irv Smith out of Alabama, I'm assuming that's going to be Kyle Rudolph's replacement within a couple of years if they don't cut Kyle Rudolph because he's such a huge cap hit. But then again, I'm not entirely sure what they're going to do with him. Yeah, Maybe more of a leadership role. I just I think you guys should be worried about us next year because the biggest threat to any team in the NFL is a healthy Aaron is a healthy Aaron Rodgers with a good defense, and I think that's what we have now. Hmm. We got our pass rushers. We uh-huh. resigned our we resigned our nose tackle. We uh, picked up our safety. Our, our corners might still be a little bit shaky, but we'll be all right. I think on defense this year. My favorite quote from any Packers fan I've ever met is, oh, you guys better be scared of us Packers this year. Yeah, and it's and the they truth. Say it every year. In 2019, it will be the truth. And in 2020, when we it'll make be the, the Super truth. Bowl, it'll be the truth. It'll be the truth. It will always be they the truth. They could have a team with just a, res- or a schoolyard recess pick, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. Oh, you better be afraid of us. We, you should be. You absolutely Aaron Rodgers should be. a bunch be. of 10-year-olds are going to win Aaron the Super Rogers Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is going to make them good. He's going to make those 10-year-olds <laughs> dunk on some corners for touchdowns. <laughs> I love how you guys are so optimistic, but, you know, that's good. That means you have a loyal, supportive fan base, and not every franchise can say that. Speaking of the Packers, though, they uh, there was just announced that there's going to be a Packers versus Raiders preseason game in my hometown of Winnipeg. Feel sorry up. for you guys. And I am so, so, so excited. I'm going to be one of the first people to buy a ticket to that game. I've never been, I've been to Lambeau, but I've never been to a Packers game. I'll be at a preseason game. It'll still be... A special moment for me in my life to get to see that. Are you going to wear completely all green? I'm going to wear my Brett Favre jersey from when I was... Uh, the, Viking, I got the Vikings it. Brett Favre no, jersey, No, not right? the Vikings Brett Favre jersey. I have one of those, but not the Vikings I Brett do Favre too, jersey. I do, too, and it's my prized possession. I have, a, I have a Packers one, a Jets one, and a Vikings one, and I'm looking for a, a Falcons one because that's where he started his career. That's but I'm still yet find. to find you one. You don't have to it, make that. I, yeah, no, I, I feel like they have them on, like ebay or kijiji or whatever those websites are they probably but, do but you're gonna but, have to do some real digging yeah and they're probably going to be pretty expensive for that too oh, because yeah. it's he's already in the hall of fame you're gonna yeah. have to pay a pretty penny well but. once i'm rich i'm gonna be getting that jersey right exactly. for my man cave you know every man <laughs> needs a man cave and if you're gonna hang all you got did you get the new york jets brett Favre jersey yet yeah i have it you have that too? yeah i have it too so you just need all four Huh. Yeah, How I, ironic, I was Brett Favre a number four with big four teams. Brett, Brett Favre follower my my whole life to this day. So yeah, if you hang all those jerseys in order, then you're fine. Yep. But we're gonna jump to the NHL playoffs real quick here. Jets and are out. Jets are out. Hooray! Now, no, not hooray. Now, as a Wild fan, I don't feel too bad because this was the year Zach Greenberg said the Jets are gonna win. Yep. Does any of you viewers notice how? Greenberg is so optimistic about every sports team. Hey, I said the in my defense, I said the Jets were going to lose in the finals, but well, they they lost way earlier than they should have. So I'll admit I was wrong about that. <laughs> Fair enough, but I'm just really salty. My my Stanley Cup pick is currently down three nothing to Carolina. Yep, Carolina is looking hot. I suppose they, when they, you beat the defending champs, you're just going to go on a tear in the playoffs. Yep, but. You know, yeah, this NHL playoffs has been crazy. Like all down. the all the top seeds out, and then you, you know, have all the middle seeds going two to two in their series. The Stars, the Blues, the Sharks, and Avalanche, and Bruins and Blue Jackets. Boston tied it up yesterday. They tied up four one. Who? Interesting note: Charlie Coyle decided to play playoff hockey now. Ever since he got traded to Boston, 
that really irks me as a Wild fan because we couldn't get him to find the back of the net. No, it's not on Coil. It's just on the fact that you guys are cursed. I just... <laughs> I mean, let's look at the Wild as a team standpoint. They don't have a true playmaker. and Well, Granlin was their true playmaker, but he couldn't shoot, so he's really always just being covered in the pass. They don't have an actual scorer. Yeah, you needed a goal scorer. And that would probably take off a load of pressure from everyone else and probably open up chances for everyone else, but... Until we get a true sniper, we have nothing to be scaring teams with. So are you still on your Islanders pick to win down 3 nothing? I believe. You believe they're going to get one hit in seven? Yep. They, if the Hurricanes could beat the Caps in seven, I think the Islanders can come back and beat the Hurricanes. But that will remain to be seen because how funny would it be to sweep them be swept? Yeah, it would know? be. But I'm I'm officially announcing that I'm hopping on the Boston Bruins bandwagon Ew. for the remainder of the playoffs. Ew. Uh, growing Just up, kidding. I was at Boston. I'm a huge supporter of that one. So. Yeah. Growing up, I like I, I liked the Ducks only. And then my second favorite team was always the Bruins. And then the Jets came around, so I kind of like stopped messing with the Bruins as much. And I just kind of focused on the Jets and the Ducks. But now that both the, Jet, the Ducks are terrible, and now that the Jets are out... Might now you well have no one else to root for. Throw my support to Boston for the rest of the playoffs. But At least it wasn't St. Louis or Dallas. I'd actually left the room. Yeah, no, I would never throw my support to either of those teams. Just awful. ever. Colorado, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, you know, I as much as I say I hate Colorado, I do kind of, kind of like them as a team, maybe because I don't want to see San Jose do anything. Yeah. But you know, I, I don't know. I hope the Islanders can come back. The Hurricanes are going to be tough to beat. The only reason why I like the Hurricanes in this is because Nino Niederreiter, who is doing really well for them, and the fact they have Justin Falk, who is a UMD hockey player, just racking up the uh, minutes on the D-line for Carolina. So that's pretty cool. But, Zach, uh, we're going to move on to some MLB news here quick. And I just want to note that the Twins are currently the best team in the MLB right now in terms of winning percentage. It's early. It's early, but you heard it here. Yep. Twins are the best team in the MLB in terms of winning percentage. Yep. So I might not be able to say that again for the rest of the season. So one more time, the Twins <laughs> are the best team in the MLB in terms of winning percentage. I'll let you, I'll let you have your moment. Let me I, have my moment. It's yeah. been a while since the I don't. Are. I don't mind the Twins either, so it's nice to see that they're, uh, they're doing Above so well. Above 500, yeah. turning it around. And they have recently figured out what they should have known David Ortiz about 15 years ago, hitting home runs. Jonathan Scoop, the other My fantasy player. Your fantasy player. I think he had a 462-foot bomb Bomb. to the third deck at Target Field. And for those of you that may not know Target Field, the third row or the third stands is, that's really, really up there. Yeah, that's, that's a bomb. Might as well be out of the park at that point. I watched the replay video, and he stood there and admired that home run for about three seconds. You got to. You, you got to. And, when you and, crush something that hard. And you just know, too, right when it comes off the bat, you just know that it's crushed. As a uh, conventional baseball player who is not huge onto the bat flipping thing, a home run like that, you get to lean on your bat and watch it. You know, yep. Kind of like you would on a cane, just 
Yeah, and like, it. like right after you you hit a, a long drive in golf and you just sit there and you just, you just watch it. Yeah, you get that right when you hit a baseball 462 feet. I mean, that's how I felt uh, the past weekend at the Beer Olympics event here in Crookston <laughs> when I when I uh, was playing dizzy bath. I launched it out of the park and everybody went nuts and I just admired it. You just stood there trying to find it because your head was swirling. Where's that can? Yeah, I was very 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 dizzy and I fell over, but. It, was, it took me a lot of spins to hit that hit that can. Beer Olympics is the yearly Crookston UMC, I guess I would say, community get-together in terms of college students. Yeah. It's technically not affiliated with UMC. At all. But maybe, not at all. Maybe if UMC is a wet campus next year, which it's going to be, it then, then maybe it might be affiliated with them now. Yeah. As long as you're 21 plus, it's a college event. Nothing wrong with it. Can't get in trouble as long as you just don't do anything too stupid. But, you know, it's college, and you're going to do things at college that you typically don't do. And speaking of colleges, we're going to move on to some uh, regional news. Um, two UND running backs, both getting uh, professional football looks. Uh, you have uh, John Santiago getting a look with the uh, Minnesota Vikings at their mini camp, and then uh, Brady Oliveira from Winnipeg. Uh, I used to play against him all the time in high school football. He, Did he uh, just wreck your guys' team? Oh, he, he would just go nuts on us, like... We all, I actually we only got to play him once, but he took the league by complete storm in my senior year, and they and they ended up winning the uh, championship and upsetting uh, a a powerhouse in, in St. Paul's in Winnipeg. They're the only like private school with football in my hometown, and they've like they have an advantage over everybody else because they can like recruit players yeah. because they're a private school. Kind of like Shattuck St. Mary in hockey. Yeah, it's like that. And and everybody else in Winnipeg hates them because of that. Mm-hmm. But so, and he actually got picked in the second round by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers yesterday in the CFL draft. So uh, good for those two guys getting, uh, getting some looks. So Zach, I heard that you're uh, going to hopefully get a call to be on a CFL team. Yeah, so I mean, my name did not, I did not get a call last night Sadly, in the CFL I, draft. I had great support in Zach in the CFL draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I figured, I, I, with my position as a long snapper, it's not... Uh, Greatest long snapper in the 50 states of America. I would like to think so. A best Canadian one, I would say. I would hope so. In what I, the, I, don't, I don't know of many other is it Canadian 10 long snappers. in Canada? Yeah, there's, well, there's, yeah, there's... T- Ten, yeah. There's ten. Wow, look at me. Yeah, there you know go. Know my geography. Just yeah, to... good for you. And I've even stumbled on it for a second because I've been here for so long. <laughs> Zach Greenberg, the greatest long snapper in the 50 states of America and ten provin- provincial pro- provinces. I suppose it'd just be the provinces. Yeah, there we go. In Canada, we got it. We figured we figured, figured it, out. it out. But um, we're we're done with the school grind. But I, I spoke with my agent yesterday, and he told me that uh, to, to keep my ringer on today, as uh, I might get a call to come to a, a come to the mini camp coming up in a couple weeks. So the CFL season starts in uh, late June, so I might get the opportunity. And if I do, I'd be very very grateful of that. And if it doesn't go my way, then I'll try again next year. So would you say that CFL players get paid? Pretty decent. Well, minim- minimum in the CFL is sixty thousand, so that's okay. that's pretty good for seeing a season June to November, six months. So that's not sixty thousand for six months. Ten, that's ten grand a month, and then you get the other six months off to. Oh, the CFL football season's June to November. Yeah, it oh. ends in November, so then you get the other six months to train, do it, train, work. Come, sell cars. Come back to Crookston in the spring. Uh, maybe to visit. 
<laughs> to do But our... not for a semester. I'm not picking up another minor. I'm sorry. Come on, dude. Just graduate <laughs> with me. I'm already graduating on Saturday. So? You can graduate again. I could. I could pick up another major and just do it in one semester. I would. No, that wouldn't work. Nah, you could you could make it work. Yeah. If you care about me, you'll do it. I do, Greg, but <laughs> life happens. You're right. You're right. Over there. <laughs> After last year not making it, they officially did qualify. And currently the baseball standings is Augustana, Minnesota State, Mankato, St. Cloud, Minot State, Wayne State, Minnesota, Crookston, Winona, and I believe Northern is holding out the eight spot. And it looks like Crookston will play St. Cloud in the first round. Greg, I guess in this term, in the very first game of the playoffs for them, for each other. Unless, yeah, I don't know, because there there was talk that Minnesota could jump up to the five seed, but that won't happen because Wayne State is five games above Crookston, and there's only uh, three three games left in the season. So, you know, I I think it's great to see Crookston back in there. They deserve it. I'm, oh, I know pretty much everyone on that team, and I'm really good friends with most of them, too, and the amount of work they put in this year is testament to what they've done this season, turning around a program such as that, and now they're definitely bringing in the benefits. And Couldn't be happier for the guys. They end their season this weekend, so they play two games today at 1 and 3, and, and then, then tomorrow they... Tomorrow at noon. Tomorrow at noon. Probably won't be back in time for graduation, which is sad, but... Yeah. You know, out there repping. Poor, poor scheduling, but... Every year it happens. They're either home or away on graduation, so... It is what it is. But in other uh, UMC news, the equestrian team will, uh, is competing in the national, the IHSA Nationals uh, today. So good luck to Selena, who's the only uh, member out there competing. And... Uh, the NSIC baseball tournament will start on the 8th, so best of luck to the baseball team as I, as the 6th seed when they go. And I do believe our softball team set a record for wins in a season, which is pretty cool. You know, just noting that, again, a lot of our sports teams are figuring it out. Hopefully. Just, hopefully. Knock on wood, right? Yeah. But softball definitely has a lot more wins this season, and they're looking to turn their program around, and I think they're doing great things from what I've seen. So I mean, after a season that was completely lost last year, anything's uh, anything's a anything's an year. improvement. But it was nice to see that they could actually put some wins on the board this year. And we have a little bit different way of ending our show. But I was scrolling through some internet articles, so we're gonna do one last wacky sports wrap up. And this one's just so good. We're only gonna do this one. Might as well. And so you know the big three tournament going on. Yep. Lamar Odom got drafted and said, and I quote, getting high not on my agenda after joining the Big Three tournament. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, Lamar Odom pretty much almost died in a brothel. Yeah, he's overdosed a couple times now. No, oh, more than a couple times. But according to TMZ Sports, he, getting high is not on my agenda right, right now. And when I was like, 32, 33, I just want to get high all the time, Odom wrote, and that's it, just get high, and things got dark as hell. So, and then he found himself fighting for his life in October 2015 after he was found unconscious in a Nevada brothel, like I said, following an overdose. He wound up in a coma as a result, and as he revealed on Kevin Hart's show, Cold as, cold as Balls last year, <laughs> around the eight-minute mark saw him suffer 12 strokes and six heart attacks. Yeah. 
the fact that this dude's alive. Yeah, he's been through it. He's been and through it. And now he's going to play basketball. Yeah. Hey, everyone's got their dream. Everyone's got their dream. And, you know, I think that's great. But we're going to wrap it up with a little different way. And this is going to be a reflection period because this potentially may have been our last episode of Calling It Audible. I know there is aspirations by our idealist Danny Johannesson who helped found this podcast based on principle. And she said that she is very committed to making this show go on, but could be a different co-host. Yeah, she, she, what, she, was, she was talking about making it so uh, since I'm graduating and then you're going to be back another year, then you'll find a junior to join the show with you. And then when you graduate, that junior will become a senior and they'll grab another junior. And then the show will just keep going for ever. And our, I don't know how, how our producer feels about that. Our producer. he's going to be here through all of that. That means <laughs> you have to be here forever, James. Yeah. But, but so that, that, that might be where the direction of the show goes, but I'm, I'm out nonetheless. I, I, Unless I, you I would, call in on. I, the, uh, no, I will definitely call in and, and, and do, do guest appearances. I would be happy to. I would love to. But, you know, I think for me to reflect, uh, this show has been uh, a, a very good learning experience into, you know, you know, some broadcasting and some like vocal aspects of sports that I've always been interested in. Like I, I've done like some play-by-play at softball games, stuff like that here. And But this was definitely a different experience and this is something that I'll be able to take with me. And like if I'm ever applying for a job like with, you know, say ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, wherever, I'll have this that I can point out and and you and use to my advantage one day, and and then and that the same goes for you. So that's just a little bit of a re- reflection on what this show has done for me. Absolutely, and I'm going to piggyback on that a little bit. What being able to do this podcast has meant for us is honestly really awesome, because to be completely honest, this is going to sound a little sappy, but Zach and I we weren't like very close friends when we were in class, but I feel like. Throughout doing this podcast for the past two years, we actually became a little bit closer. And yeah, once we absolutely. got to know each other, Zach and I are bros for life. Absolutely. And it's going to be sad missing him when he graduates and walks down that aisle. But, you know, with the, with knowing that, I, I honestly think that this doing this podcast has been honestly one of the most greatest things Crookston's offered me. The opportunities that I can go from this is endless. And in doing so, I believe that... I hope the show goes on. I will do whatever I can to make sure it continues. And I really, really am glad that Crookston has so many great things to offer their students that not a lot of them know about. Endless opportunities. Literally endless opportunities. And people don't always go seek them, but, you know, you and I are the type of people that That go out and and seek opportunities. And I think that this show is one one of those amazing opportunities and... You know, like I wouldn't have expected coming into college here that I was going to be a part of a podcast for for two whole seasons and, and have it on Spotify and have have let people listen to it and access it. I so, never would have expected coming out of high school that I'd be doing a sports podcast that actually is on the Internet right. ev- everywhere. And I think that and like we, we've got apparel in the works, apparel coming out and like that that'll be good for like our branding for the future and if uh if and hopefully that the show does continue and the and that there there's funding for it 
then there'll be apparel around the school. There can be more apparel ordered, and then it'll just get the word out there even more. And then, you know, maybe one day that other schools will develop something like this too. And it'd this be could be cool a start of something that. big. Yeah, just gotta it make sure be, we get it there. A college calling an audible, and it's just be. We could be our own barstool syndicate, but not affiliated. Yeah, it could be like the idea based on principle. But well, Zach, it's been an honor. Yeah, if you want to wrap it up for potentially one final time. Yeah, for for the final time as a host, at least, uh, I would like to thank you guys all for joining us here on the last episode of season two. Um, I'll be I'll be graduating on Saturday, so you're not going to be hearing my voice very much anymore. But uh, it's been a good two seasons uh, hosting this show. We've had a lot of great guests, a lot of good things to talk about, some arguments, some laughter. Uh, I just wanted to thank uh, Danny, thank you, Greg, thank thank you, James, for you know allowing me to be a part of this show. And it's uh, it's been a it's been a real good time. And uh, I'll just remind you guys one more, one last time that you can uh, find us on Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube, and then on our Twitter account at Call Audible Pod. On behalf of Greg, our producer James, our creator Danny, myself. Uh, au revoir, shalom, and have a great weekend. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.